0: We are pleased to have Randall Spackman as a speaker. Uh, He's had an interest in the chronological text of the Book of Mormon for quite some time. uh, He uh, served two missions for the church. And of course, he's most famous to Fair Mormon because one of his relatives happens to be one of our volunteers. That's Tanya Spackman. So we, we love having her as our group. So with that, we'll turn the time over to Brother Randall Spackman. Thank you, Scott. And uh, good afternoon, brothers and sisters and friends. Uh, It's a privilege and an honor for me to be here to speak with you today. My purpose today is to introduce the chronological structure and symbolism found in the Book of Mormon. These complex and precise topics are separate from but provide the foundation for the study of Book of Mormon chronology itself. For this introduction, I will use 29 expressions in the small plates of Nephi. They represent less than 7% of the 426 similar expressions in the extant text of the Book of Mormon, but they provide an ample basis for this introduction. Please refer to the tables in the handout as I discuss one of the most abundant cultural expressions in the Book of Mormon. These crucial texts I have called Year-Related Expressions. Let's hope this works. Ah, that's nice. Both their diction and placement throughout the Book of Mormon appear to have been intentionally symbolic. For their diction, I rely on the immense work of Dr. Royal Skousen and his associates with the earliest text of the Book of Mormon. This diction is crucial for defining textual categories and divisions that permit us to describe chronological structure. The first couple of textual divisions in Table 1 may be familiar to you. The text of the Book of Mormon says in a variety of ways that it was composed by three principal writers who wrote on three sets of metal plates that have been called the Small Plates of Nephi, the Plates of Mormon, and the Plates of Moroni. Today, we focus on the Small Plates of Nephi. In addition, the text of each set of plates is separable into what have been called major divisions, most of which are entitled books. However, in the Small Plates of Nephi... The last major division is called the Words of Mormon. The narratives in a set of plates, or a major division, may be subdivided in many ways. But for my analysis, the text was sorted into narratives that do include year-related expressions and those that do not. My analysis focused on narratives that contain year-related expressions— The fourth textual division is one that I have called a narrative link. Within a narrative that contains a year-related expression, there exists a basic word or phrase that connects all the rest of the narrative language to the the year-related expression. In the Book of Mormon, these basic words or narrative links appear in five linguistic types. Prepositions form the largest type, They're followed in size by verbs, then conjunctions, participles, and lastly, adverbs. To keep track of these narrative links in Table 2, I have assigned capital letters to the three types that appear in the small plates of Nephi, prepositions, verbs, and adverbs. The process of drilling down through the narrative language finally arrives at the essential component of a year-related expression, one that I have called a year term. Every noun year in the Book of Mormon constitutes a year term. I use the hyphenated label year term because there are three distinct types of year terms. In each set of plates, the noun year is used expressly in its singular and plural forms. But only in the plates of Mormon is the reader required to infer the existence of the word year. As Table 2 indicates, I have labeled the two express types of year terms with capital letters because they both occur in the small plates. What does the Book of Mormon mean by the noun year? If we look to contemporaneous external evidence to begin to answer that question, we cannot ignore Dr. Noah Webster's massive work that was published in 1828 and entitled An American Dictionary of the English Language. He listed 17 ways in which the word year could be understood and used. In the interests of time, I will summarize the common features of these definitions. In general, the noun year means a lengthy interval of time contrived—that's Webster's word—by a group of people for their own purposes, measured by the observations or other procedures they have adopted and modified from time to time as they have seen fit. The year terms of the Book of Mormon may be read at least with that general definition in mind. Oh, what's happening here? Come on. Ah. Ah. There we go. My study takes the existence of alternative definitions into account by making four analytical assumptions. First, each year term is deemed to be a subject for analysis without any assumed chronological meaning other than it represents a lengthy, culturally defined period. Second, each year term is assumed to be a textual fact equally as valuable as any other year term. Third, all year terms are deemed to be independent of each other. However, fourth, they may be sorted by means of other words that exist within the text of the Book of Mormon. These other words used for sorting include the the narrative link that occurs with each year term and the adjectives that often modify the year terms. These adjectives are the two optional components of year-related expressions— the text itself physically divides the adjectives into two categories that I have called a time term and a number term. Let's see if we can move that over. Oh, oh now we're going backward. I'm not sure what's happening here. There we go. As table three notes, a time term describes a time in which a year term did exist, does exist, or will exist relative to one or more persons mentioned in the associated narrative. Time terms refer to the birth of the Messiah and to eras, reigns, ages, deaths, and other distinctive occasions. The year terms thus mark the times of these described events. Each expressed time term follows its related year term in the small plates of Nephi. Nearly 80% of the time terms state a name for a Nephite era. I use the noun era with the meaning of a system of chronological notation characterized by the numbering of years from some particular point of time. The text of the Book of Mormon uses distinctive names to identify three intervals of time that were dated from specific events, spanned multiple Nephite generations, and had separate systems for numbering years. I have labeled these intervals the Lehi era, the Judges' era, and the Nephite Christian, or NC, era. Today we are concerned primarily with the Lehi era, But the words of Mormon include an N.C. era name. In Table 4, I have provided a synopsis of Nephite era names. A reference for each example is included. Nephite eras may be identified by four types of era names. The most formal of the names is generally the longest, so I have labeled this type of time term a long name. A shorter formal name also appears in the text. I have called this type a short name. A few modified long and short era names may be identified as a third type of time term that I have called other names. I have also identified a fourth type of time term as a personalized time term. Some of these time terms are era names that have been personalized. But most of the personalized time terms identify rains, ages, deaths, and other distinctive human occasions. Most year-related expressions have no time term. Nonetheless, in a comprehensive analysis of time terms, textual data may be categorized both by express time terms and by what I have called omitted time terms. Thus, the analytical typology of time terms include five types, Long names, short names, other names, personalized time, and omitted time. In Table 5, the three types of time terms in the small plates also have been labeled with capital letters. Now let's look at the adjectives I have called number terms. This optional component of a year-related expression states a definite or general quantity or quantitative position for the year term. In the small plates of Nephi, an express number term precedes its related year term. Number terms, like time terms, may be sorted into five separate types. Most express number terms in the Book of Mormon include definite ordinal numbers. A second type includes definite cardinal numbers. With the third type of express number term, the adjective usually denotes an ordinal number term in a previous year-related expression. A number term of this third type has been called a referenced number term because it refers to a quantity found elsewhere. Notably, in the small plates of Nephi, most referenced number terms imply cardinal numbers, apparently to be found by reference to a variety of sources. A fourth type of number term employs vague language to modify a year term. These have been called general number terms. Examples include words like the, few, some, and many. Such words usually indicate a non-specific year or an indefinite quantity of years. There are exceptions, however, because what may seem to be a general number term also may be viewed as a referenced number term and vice versa. A fifth analytical type of number term was created. In eight cases, year-related expressions have no number terms. To avoid confusion with omitted time terms, these cases have been called absent number terms. One may well question whether the notion of an absent number term is a non sequitur. Is the absence of a number term a statement of quantity? No. Nevertheless, absent number terms were included in the study as a separate analytical type, so that I could be certain these expressions did not affect the chronological structure. In Table 5, the five analytical types of number terms have been labeled with capital letters because they are all found in the small plates of Nephi. With that, we have covered a very brief introduction to the principal textual categories and types that I have used to classify year-related expressions and their narrative links. In the remainder of my talk today, I will sometimes refer to a combined year-related expression and its narrative link as a chronological expression. I am using this term as a label, and in Table 6 I have inserted a hyphen to indicate this technical meaning. With the hyphen, this phrase means a combined year-related expression and its narrative link. Can we move that along? Thank you. Oh, there we go. The text of each of the 29 chronological expressions in the small plates is set forth in Table 6. The first column presents consecutive numbers based on the sequence of the expressions in the text. References also are provided. The narrative links are shown in italics. The letter labels identified earlier also are set forth in this table. The letter labels describe almost all the decisions made by the writers when they placed year-related expressions into their narratives. The only decision not described by a letter label is the choice of a number for the number term. Thus, Table 6 may be said to summarize the decision structure for the chronology of the small plates. To understand the writer's decisions more fully, the patterns made up of the capital letters must be examined. Table seven summarizes the year term patterns. By comparing tables six and seven, one may notice that two consecutive D year terms occur in 1 Nephi chapter one verse four. They are followed by eleven consecutive E year terms in First and Second Nephi, and then followed by a single D E. D, and E year terms in Second Nephi. Each separately labeled year term or group of consecutive identically labeled year terms is viewed as being part of what I have called a letter pattern. Thank you. In the case of the 17-year terms in Nephi's books, a simple D-E letter pattern represents all the year terms in 1st Nephi. In 2nd Nephi, the letter pattern is E-D-E-D-E. Subsequent writers in the small plates of Nephi, including Mormon, all used E year terms. Based on this uniformity and other evidence yet to be introduced, I suggest that Nephi commanded that the subsequent writers only use plural or E year terms. Each distinct part of the letter pattern of year terms, whether a separately labeled D or E year term, or composed of consecutive identically labeled D or E year terms, I have called a letter set. For clarity in the tables, a letter set is enclosed within parentheses or brackets, depending on its position in a letter pattern. When a letter pattern is viewed as consisting of more than one letter set, The pattern has been called a letter group, and it is also enclosed within parentheses. Thus, the letter patterns for the consecutive year terms in the major divisions of the small plates of Nephi may be labeled and analyzed as shown in the columns of Table 7. Of course, time is perceived to move forward, moment by moment, without regard to human divisions that might relate to it, such as a birth, an enthronement, a death, or the writing of a book. In this view of time, the chronology of the small plates of Nephi also may be viewed without regard to the major divisions. In other words, this set of plates may be represented completely by a D-E-D-E-D-E letter group. The E year terms that conclude 1st Nephi merge into a single letter set with the E year terms that commence 2nd Nephi. The E year term that concludes 2nd Nephi merges into another single letter set with all the E year terms in the following major divisions. What meanings are related to this letter pattern? In a single verse, the first D letter set includes two references to the same year. A year when the reign of a king of Judah began. The other two D letter sets refer to years in which the reigns of two more kings of Judah ended. All the E letter sets relate to plural years prophesied by prophets and measured by their faithful followers or their non believing opponents. This contrast between D and E year terms related to the lives of kings and prophets does not appear to have occurred by chance. Very quickly, let's consider one aspect of the letter pattern of of narrative links shown in Table 8. When major divisions are disregarded, this letter pattern may be divided into two letter groups, ACACA and BABAB. Please note the seeming failure of Nephi to complete the second of these letter groups by the end of 2 Nephi. Jacob completed the second letter group in Jacob chapter 1, verse 1, and all subsequent expressions only use verbal B narrative links. As the letter patterns associated with year terms seemed to suggest, Nephi may have given Jacob instructions not only as to the types of narratives to be engraved on the small plates. But as to the types of chronological expressions to be placed within those narratives as well. Thus, both narrative link letter groups may have been entirely Nephi's design. Table 9 shows the time terms of the 29 chronological expressions. Time terms in Nephi's two books alternate personalized H letter sets with omitted X. Letter sets in a letter group consisting of 11 letter sets that are reversible. That is, the pattern is the same whether read forward or backward. The pattern also is balanced around a central X letter set, which is marked by brackets in Table 9. By balanced, I mean there are five letter sets on either side of the central X letter set, the last year related expression of 1st Nephi. One may also say that a five-set letter group appears to have been placed on either side of the central X letter set. In First Nephi, the five-letter set group uses H-time terms to identify two kinds of time periods. The first H-time term identifies time in the reign of a king of Judah, and the other two H-time terms identify time from when Lehi left Jerusalem with the second of these two Lehi-era names appearing to be more informal, because the determiner that has been ellipted. In second DeFi, the five-set letter group also uses H time terms to identify the same two time periods. First, a personalized time term informally describes years from the time we left Jerusalem. Then the next two H time terms describe years in the reigns of other kings of Judah. Also note that in 1 Nephi, the beginning of the reign of a king of Judah was mentioned, followed by two reports regarding the time when Lehi left Jerusalem. But in 2 Nephi, the reverse pattern occurs. A single notation about the time when Lehi and his followers left Jerusalem is followed by two reports about the conclusions of the reigns of two other kings of Judah. These reversals in the numbers of expressions and their meanings with respect to the reigns of the kings of Judah, also seem deliberate. Nephi, however, does not end his use of personalized or H time terms with the death of a king of Judah. The seventh and last H time term in Nephi's writings is the phrase, from the time that my father left Jerusalem. This time term is the part of the third H letter set that concludes the placement of time terms in 2 Nephi this time term is the same more formal one that initially appeared in 1 Nephi chapter 10 verse 4 for the family of Lehi the system of measuring time by the reigns of Jewish kings had been left behind and a new system for measuring Lehi's prophetic time had been adopted the omitted X letter sets in Nephi's writings cannot be ignored. These letter sets maintain the alternating pattern and drive home the writer's point about formality and informality. A year or interval of years may be reported so informally that a time term is not or perhaps cannot be supplied. In this regard, it is with the central X letter set that Nephi prophesies a distant royal reign by the Holy One of Israel. The many years related to that king's reign differ from all the other years mentioned by Nephi. The entire letter pattern draws attention to Nephi's prophecy regarding the future reign of this great king. Nephi's apparent planning of the placement of time terms also must be considered in connection with the long name, or G, time term at the beginning of the Book of Jacob. This time term expresses the most formal or official of the Lehi-era names. This long name also is used in the plates of Mormon to record the time when King Messiah II was enthroned and to report the end of 600 Lehi-calendar years when the Messiah's birth was expected. Jacob used this long name after receiving the small plates from Nephi and being instructed by means of his brother's commands, in the types of things Nephi wanted to have recorded in these plates. That instruction also may have included the use of the long name of the Lehi era for the twelfth time term letter set in the small plates of Nephi. No writer in the small plates other than Jacob used this same time term. Perhaps they were following Nephi's instruction that only the first of Jacob's time terms, should use the most formal name of the Lehi era. In terms of the narratives recorded at the beginning of the book of Jacob, one also must note that they relate to the Nephites' observance of the end of Nephi's rule as their king and prophet, his anointing of a political successor, and his delivery of the small plates into the hands of his younger brother, the prophet Jacob. Thus the themes of textual formality, royal succession, and prophetic declaration that structured Nephi's use of time terms in first and second Nephi seem to culminate with the G ter- time term in Jacob chapter 1, verse 1. Is there anything symbolic about the twelfth time term letter set being used with the most formal name of the Lehi era? I suggest the answer is yes. It's been 25 years since the Foundation for Ancient Research and Mormon Studies, or FARMS, published my first draft of a paper that Dr. John L. Sorensen had asked me to write regarding my views of Book of Mormon chronology. In that draft, and among many other things, I proposed that the Nephites used the ancient lunar calendar of the Middle East, a 12-moon calendar, to measure the Lehi era. Such a calendar probably was indicated in the version of the Hebrew scriptures contained in the brass plates that Lehi's family carried with them. Webster's 1828 Dictionary also listed this type of year as a lunar astronomical year. My proposal may be reinforced by the textual fact that Jacob's son Enos personalized the long name of the Lehi era for the 12th express time term in the small plates thus i again suggest that the long name and 12th time term letter set and the personalized long name and 12th express time term symbolize the former twel- the formal 12 moon calendar used by the nephites for measuring the lehi era an ancient 12 moon year seems to represent the shortest and most easily maintained Middle Eastern calendar for measuring Lehi's 600-year prophecy. A single year contains about 354 days and 9 hours, but for refugees in search of a promised land, just 12 moons needed to be recorded to keep track of each calendar year. I will conclude today by introducing the analysis of number terms. Table 10 shows that the writings of Nephi may be represented by a pattern that initially seems to be disorganized in 1st Nephi and by a balanced and reversible pattern in 2nd Nephi. The absent or Z number term is marked with single quotation marks rather than parentheses and it is to be disregarded if the major divisions also are disregarded in the passing of time. The letter pattern may be divided into a single O letter set followed by three balanced and reversible letter groups and by a final non-reversible letter group that was completed by Mormon. The patterns created by Nephi seem to exhibit detailed planning. The number terms in Nephi's writings commence in First Nephi With a single ordinal number O letter set, composed of one number term, the first number term in the small plates of Nephi is literally the first. It specifies the first year in the reign of Judas King Zedekiah in a chronological expression that appropriately enough modifies the noun commencement This number term is the only ordinal number letter set in these plates. And it serves as, as the symbolic number term complement to the equally symbolic g-time term letter set that begins the Book of Jacob and ends the reign of Nephi. The O letter set also is the first and apparently only number term in these plates to, Im- to be implied directly in a referenced number term. The second number term in these plates is the phrase, that same. It follows, appears in the same verse as, and refers to the ordinal number term, the first. All the other reference number terms in the small plates seem to refer to cardinal numbers that are located outside these plates and or that may involve computation. The longest and most complex of the number term letter groups immediately follows the O letter set. The two referenced number R letter sets at the beginning and end of this letter group balance each other in position and in the content of their associated narratives. With respect to that same year mentioned in 1 Nephi chapter 1, verse 4, Nephi goes on to report that Lehi experienced a vision of God's throne and was called to be a prophet. At the end of the letter group, the phrase, In the year that King Uzziah died, is part of an Isaiah quotation by Nephi in 2 Nephi 16, verse 1. The related narrative states that Isaiah experienced a vision of God's throne and was called to be a prophet. These marked similarities in the content of the narratives associated with this letter group's first and last R letter sets indicate that these narrative placements and the intervening ones were carefully planned. The first PSP letter group describes Lehi's 600-year prophecy in the first cardinal number P letter set, adds a general number S letter set, and then ends with a second P letter set, in which Nephi describes the passing of the initial eight years measured in the 600-year period. The second PSP letter group also describes Lehi's 600-year prophecy in a P-letter set, adds an S-letter set, and concludes with another P-letter set in which Nephi again describes the years that had been measured in the 600-year period. These detailed similarities related to the first and last R letter sets and PSP letter groups balance and reverse around a central R letter set composed of two identical number terms that appear in Nephi's quotation of his older brother's protests in first Nephi chapter seventeen verses twenty and twenty one. For these many years the brothers twice complained. We have wandered in the wilderness and suffered in the wilderness. Thus, in the first, central, and last R letter sets in this letter group, Nephi's narratives contrast his unbelieving, frustrated older brothers with the visionary prophets Lehi and Isaiah, both of whom were revered by Nephi. Indeed, at that time, Nephi presented himself to his brothers as another of such true prophets who needed their help to build a ship. Nephi used R number terms to structure both the order of his year-related expressions and his contrasting narratives about belief and unbelief in the work of true prophets. Moreover, the balancing PSP letter groups both suggest the vital importance Of Lehi's 600 year prophecy to Nephi and subsequently to the Nephites. Their devotion to measuring and recording the passing of years in the Lehi era is express. A simple PRP letter group composed of four number terms concludes the book of 2 Nephi and begins the book of Jacob. This letter group is a further indication, if one is needed that the first year-related expression in the book of Jacob was planned or commanded by Nephi. In the narratives associated with this PRP letter group, Isaiah's 65-year prophecy of the destruction of the kingdom of Israel, a prophecy that had been fulfilled before the time of Nephi, is contrasted with Isaiah's yet-to-be-fulfilled long-term prophecies of the destruction of Babylon and return of the exiles, and with Lehi's related, and yet to be fulfilled, 600-year prophecy. The faith of the Nephites that Isaiah's and Lehi's long-term prophecies would be fulfilled also is expressed by the first chronological expression in the book of Jacob, the cardinal number term in Jacob chapter 1, verse 1, is the last part of the PRP letter group. This expression marks the passing of 55 years, more than half a century, in the 600-year era measured by Nephi and the faithful Nephites from the time Lehi left Jerusalem. Our time's is running quickly, but I want to present a bit more detail about the chronological symbolism of the number terms in First and Second Nephi. To do so, I must introduce a new analytical, analytical concept that is based on the Book of Mormon text but has not been required in the previous analysis. Earlier, I mentioned that Nephite era names were the largest distinct group of phrases in the express time terms of the Book of Mormon. Each era's names identified the specific event when that era began. The four types of era names were read together, or combined to suggest chronological settings or era contexts for most of the narratives. As indicated in Table 11, I also suggest that just as era names may be combined to symbolize era contexts for Book of Mormon narratives, so the number names stated or referenced in express number terms may be combined to symbolize ...related chronological settings for the narratives. These number-term settings describe the passing of time with quantitative measurements. I have called these quantitative chronological settings the number contexts of the narratives. In the small place of Nephi, number contexts appear to have been organized within the major divisions planned by Nephi and carried out by Nephi and Jacob... Subsequent writers appear to have adopted related systems for organizing their number terms, but we don't have time today to detail the number contexts suggested by these later writers. There we go. Thank you. To analyze number contexts, I have made four four assumptions based on the text itself. First, I have assumed that number names may be combined into various sets of numbers using the analytical types identified for chronological expressions. The second assumption is that ordinal numbers, when placed into a numerical set for abstract arithmetic operations, may be treated like cardinal numbers for simplicity and clarity. The Book of Mormon contains eight instances where ordinal and cardinal number terms are commingled in the operation of addition. The narrative descriptions of this kind of addition provide a context in which ordinal and cardinal numbers both make sense. However, when when number names are detached from their narratives to become just definite numbers in an abstract numerical set, the conversion of ordinal numbers to cardinal numbers simplifies and clarifies their use. Third, I have assumed that number names within a set represent quantities that may be combined by addition to create a total quantity or sum. Addition is an arithmetic operation that is clearly attested in the Book of Mormon. The sum of the numbers in each separate set has been called its set sum. By itself, a set sum represents the entire set of numbers. The fourth analytical assumption for number names is that, like the combined era names, the set sum for each set of number names has a meaning related to Nephite chronology. Specifically, this fourth assumption is that a set sum may symbolize a definite number of days with chronological meaning to the Nephites. Based on this assumption... Era contexts may be said to be based on era names that can be combined to symbolize the longest of the Nephite calendrical periods. And number contexts may be said to be based on number names that can be combined to symbolize even the shortest of the calendrical and astronomical periods. I will close today with the six examples of set sums in Table 12. Two have been chosen from the 59 potential set sums in 1 Nephi, three from the 15 potential set sums in 2 Nephi, and one from the 386 potential set sums in the combined books of 1 and Second Nephi. The first numerical set includes all five definite numbers stated or referenced in 1 Nephi. The set sum is 1210. As the table indicates, 1210 days may be a measure of 41 average synodical months, counted by whole days. The time for the moon to run through its new moons, or full moons, 41 times. The following synodical month would complete three and a half years, as measured with the twelve-moon calendar, or one-half of a seven-year period, as thus measured. The second example includes all the definite numbers in 1 Nephi plus the larger computed numbers for the referenced number expressions these many years in 1 Nephi chapter 17, verses 20 and 21. The number term these many may be thought to refer to the cardinal number 8, which appears in the previous definite number term. However, it seems more likely that the phrase these many refers to a larger cardinal number, perhaps 9 or 10, which is to be computed by reference to Nephi's note that a space of many days followed the end of the eight-year period before he envisioned building a ship. And to the additional time that passed as Nephi made bellows, gathered ore, and made tools out of the ore. Only after all those days passed away did his older brothers complain against him and were desirous that they might not labor, for they did not believe that he could build a ship. Neither would they believe that he were instructed of the Lord. The set sum, 1230, assumes 10 is the number of years complained of, and thus this set sum is the largest in First Nephi. A period of 1,230 days is a measure of 45 average sidereal months counted by whole days. The time for the moon to return to the same place in the stars, 45 consecutive times. This measure of a lengthy period of sidereal months suggests an expertise in astronomical observation that connects the positions of the moon with some type of visual context in the fixed stars. The third example adds all the definite numbers associated with personalized time terms in the combined books of 1st and 2nd Nephi. The set sum is 1831, and it represents the number of days that measure a conjunction in the heavens between 62 average synodical months and 67 average sidereal months. After 1831 days, the moon has the same phase in the same place, in the fixed stars, as when the count of days began. The fourth example is a numerical set consisting of all the definite numbers in 2nd Nephi. I suggest the set sum 735 is to be interpreted as two 365-day years plus five days. By the time of Lehi, the Egyptian 365-day, or so-called vague solar calendar, appears to have been in use for several thousand years. Since Lehi and Nephi apparently knew the Egyptian language well enough to write in it, they would seem likely to have understood that calendar, which was composed of 12 months of 30 days each plus five intercalary days. Similarly, a Mesoamerican vague solar calendar could be divided into 18 months of 20 days each, plus five intercalary days. Are the 360 plus five numerical patterns in the two ancient solar calendars the chronological meanings symbolized in Second Nephi? I suggest the likelihood of a yes answer is reinforced by two more of the 15 set sums in 2 Nephi. The fifth example is a numerical set consisting of the definite numbers in 2 Nephi plus the referenced numbers of regnal years of two Jewish kings at the times of their respective deaths. In 2 Nephi, the referenced number expressions are the year that King Uzziah died and the year that King Ahaz died. The article, The in each expression, appears to be used as a determiner referring to numbers expressed in the text of the brass plates, which, among other things, contained a record of the Jews from the beginning even down to the commencement of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah. In each of these instances, a cardinal number, appearing in the Hebrew scriptures, describes the number of years the king had reigned when he died— These cardinal numbers referenced in 2nd Nephi are 52 and 16, respectively. The set sum 803 may be interpreted as two 365 day years plus 73 days. Since 1830, the astronomical interval of 73 days has come to be known as an ancient Mesoamerican measure for coordinating the times of the Sun and the planet Venus and as an integral component of the Mesoamerican calendar round of 52 vague solar years. A period of 73 days is one-fifth of a vague solar period of 365 days and one-eighth of the average Venus synodical period of 584 days. The ancient calendar round may be defined as 73 iterations of the Mesoamerican's unique 260-day ritual calendar, I propose that the ancient Mesoamerican use of the number 73 with the vague solar year does not appear merely by chance in Second Nephi. The evidence for a 365-day or vague solar calendar being symbolized in Second Nephi is reinforced further by the sixth example in Table 12. The set sum of all cardinal numbers— that occur with omitted time terms in 2 Nephi is 105. Mesoamerican vague solar years often were identified by the name of their first day in the 260-day ritual calendar. This first day was celebrated as the New Year Day. However, after 260 days had passed away, the same day name occurred again on the 261st day of the vague solar year. This 261st day was celebrated as the Little New Year Day. And it began in a 105 day interval that completed the 365 day year. Here again, the chronological symbolism of 2nd Nephi appears to identify a key aspect of the Mesoamerican vague year. This aspect was very different from the Egyptian vague year. Both the vague solar year and the 260-day calendar appear to have been long established in Mesoamerica by the time Lehi and his followers arrived. Thus I propose that the number terms in 2 Nephi, which deal with Lehi's followers in the promised land of this continent, were carefully planned and written with Mesoamerican chronological symbolism in mind. Uh Well, there's so much more to the chronological structure and symbolism in the small plates of Nephi, but I must conclude. I have barely mentioned the chronological expressions that follow Jacob chapter 1, verse 1. I have not touched on the connection between letter patterns and literary parallelism in the Book of Mormon. I have not talked about the connection between the Nephite philosophy of cyclical time and the doctrine of Christ. And there are 397 more year-related expressions in the plates of Mormon and Moroni that beg for understanding before the chronology of the Book of Mormon may be fully understood. To me, Nephi's chronological symbolism seems intended to inform us that in his lifetime, the Nephite priesthood eventually included astronomer priests, who were engaged in consistent, recorded astronomical observation and numerical measurement, and who were familiar with and may have used three different calendars at the same time on a regular basis, but for different purposes. I again propose that the ancient Middle Eastern 12-moon calendar was the one employed to number the motion of time throughout the Lehi era. Thank you very much for your attention. This is a good question. In table 12, you omit the standard Mesoamerican long count year of 360 days. The 10 year. Why? Uh, Probably the simplest explanation for that, because the Mesoamericans had a great many year counts or astronomical counts, the three hundred and sixty day long Count calendar, as far as we can tell at this point, was not inaugurated until about three hundred and fifty bc so that would take it um, i mean that would be if, if it had been inaugurated by the time of of uh, Omni or uh, the other writers in the book of Omni, they may not have been uh, acquainted with it and it certainly does not appear in the books of 1st and 2nd Nephi. It was a calendar identified many, or created many, many years later. What do you think of Brent... Uh, Gardner's, uh, Brandt Gardner's theory surrounding Book of Mormon chronology being corroborated by the Mayan lunar calendar. The Mayans, uh, again, and I hear the evidence, I don't know that the evidence goes back as far as, as uh, Nephi and Lehi and Jacob, uh, but at least in the classic Mayan period, about 200 to... Nine hundred AD We know that the Mayans counted lunar years. They count, counted lunar years in six moon semesters, which is really the equivalent of the, of what the Jews were doing in in uh, in Jerusalem at the time of Lehi, six moon semesters. But in the Middle East it was just a twelve moon calendar. Uh, the Mayans counted six moon semesters but they had three of them so it was an 18 moon calendar Uh, and there is I believe uh, there are some fascinating connections especially between uh, the 42 year cycles mentioned in the book of Ether which were Jaredite cycles and that would take the Mesoamerican lunar calendar back uh, long before the time of of Lehi and Nephi and they they really do relate to my way of thinking to uh, the way the Nephites measured time and also to the way the Jaredites measured time. Uh, This feels like finding patterns where none were really intended. What is the value or intent of such meticulous planning across hundreds of years? does this increase the truth of the Book of Mormon? Uh, Well, I don't know that it increases the truth of the Book of Mormon. The Book of Mormon is true at the most basic level of a spiritual testimony. Uh, What this tells us about is the type of culture that the Nephites found when they arrived in America. And that culture, which... Is found in Mesoamerica was intensely concerned about the passage of time and about the effect of the heavens on the earth. Uh, Most of the Mesoamerican gods were, uh, were astronomical deities and they were concerned about how that affected the way people behaved and how the culture should behave. Wars were planned well in advance, particularly depending upon the cycles of the planet Venus. And and there are similar symbolic connections in Mormon's personal book related to both the sidereal and synodic cycles of Venus. Uh, That's for another time. Most of the year terms in 2 Nephi are from Isaiah quotations. Yes, some of them are. How does that affect the patterns you are talking about? Can we be sure the pattern is Nephi's, not Isaiah's? There is little question that when Nephi was planning, 2 Nephi, well, when he was planning, when he was dividing up what he wanted to write into two books, both called the Book of Nephi, and when he was figuring out where to place his Isaiah quotations, he had to take those choices of year-related expressions and numbers into account in his planning. Very little question about that. Made it perhaps more complex. Do the year-related expressions in the plates of Mormon and Moroni use the same types of components and use them the same way? Uh, yes. Sort of. Uh, they, they are written at immensely different time periods. Uh, Mormon uses uh, the various types, but when you go looking for patterns, Mormon takes the long name and the short name of, of the eras that he's dealing with and appears to combine them into an official name category, and he completely disregards omitted time terms. If you do that, then you find patterns in Mormons in the plates of Mormon. In the plates of Moroni, uh, it's a very, very different kind of patterning, uh, consistent with Moroni being by himself and trying to keep track of Time as he was uh, fighting to exist for decades without all of the resources of the calendar priests available to him. Uh, I've done the preliminary analyses of of the plates of Mormon and the plates of Moroni are finished, but I'm still working through the number terms. It's very complex. Do we have time for one more? One more. Yeah, I Jeff Chadwick Chadwick recently published a study arguing that Nephite years must be solar years and Lehi departed in 605 BC. Can you comment on this possibility? Uh, I'll comment this way, and this is my 1993 comment. Uh, I believe it was a 12-moon calendar that provides the best fit between between the time when Lehi and Nephi and and their family escaped from Jerusalem and the likely date of the birth of the Messiah. Uh, The Nephites themselves may have kind of gotten away from that because when Samuel the Lamanite showed up, and said, no, the uh, Lehi's years are the ones we have to hang to. They basically said, we don't believe you. Um, And, of course, when that time period, that five-year time period that that Samuel prophesied had passed, uh, they were ready to kill the believers. Uh, I believe the birth of the Messiah occurred in connection with a solar event, spring equinox and that allowed them to calculate uh, that in fact uh, 33 years later that in fact uh, they had had three days of darkness when they couldn't keep track of time how did they know they would had three days of darkness well it was a solar period they were counting 33 actual solar years are basically the equivalent of 33 365 day years plus three days, death of the Messiah, plus three days of darkness. The next day you're back to the solar event, the spring equinox. Uh, planets are much easier to, to uh, calculate their sidereal periods based on uh, the spring equinox, where they exist at the time of the spring equinox. Uh, I think it was John Pratt who made the connection between 33 solar years and the fact that the synodic and sidereal cycles of the planet Mercury, the one closest to the sun, uh, come into conjunction at exactly that time as well. So they had astronomical ways of telling that 33 years had passed. Uh, and that was a solar calendar. I think. I think when there's much more in the Book of Mormon about this issue, but uh, that's, enough. that's enough. It's amazing what I will do to get a brownie. <laughs>